0: I know, I know, this is not the same name that it was last week. But I was asked to change the name due to Monster on the Mic being a little too similar to another uh, name of another podcast. But if you subscribe to the WCG podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Store, then you don't really need to do anything. You are still subscribed. So this week, the Bears are playing in Miami on Sunday at noon Mitch Trubisky is going to keep the sleeve on and the Bears are almost completely healthy. Let's go. since there wasn't a game this past week there isn't a whole lot to dissect per se so i'm going to focus on the upcoming game against the dolphins first things first for those of you who missed the injury report as of the recording of this podcast which happens to be thursday evening then here's the rundown marcus cooper did not participate and i wouldn't expect him to play anyway he just eh, frankly isn't very good uh, so this isn't an injury that I'm really wringing my hands over. Um, you know, it just, it is what it is. So um, the other two names that were listed on the report that were limited in practice were Prince Mukumara and Eric Kush. If you watch my Bears Link film study videos or follow me on Twitter, you know that I have an affinity for guard James Daniels. Personally, I thought he should have been playing from the start of the season. But with this injury to Eric Cush and the signing of guard Brian Witzman, this seems like the perfect opportunity for Daniels to take hold of the starting left guard job. Personally, I would have liked to seen him start at center, but that's a conversation for a different day. So my guess is that Cush is inactive on Sunday, and we see either Bradley Sowell or Witzman come off the bench in the event of an emergency. Amukamara has been practicing on a limited basis, so his injury... Uh, is really going to be something to monitor on game day. So when the enactives come out before the game, that's probably when we're going to find out truly about Prince and and how healthy he is. If I had to guess, though, I would say that he sits another week. While the hamstring might be healed enough to play, the heat and humidity in Miami is usually hellish on muscles, especially leg muscles. So it's probably best to play it safe with the Patriots coming to town next week. The other thing to consider with the Mukamara injury is the fact that Miami is 18th in offensive DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, and 19th in passing DVOA, so not exactly a juggernaut. More interesting, though, is the fact that Kevin Tolliver has played well in roughly a game and a half. At this point, I'm expecting both Daniels and Tolliver to get the start against Miami. A name that is no longer on the injury report is rookie Anthony Miller. Clearly, the Bears didn't struggle to pass against the Bucks without Miller, but I would still feel better knowing that he's on the field. I mean, you guys did see him in training camp and in the preseason, right? Looks pretty good. So I would expect his snaps to be somewhat limited. Um, But, you know, I I still expect to see a few targets this week. Um, And don't be surprised to see, you know, him work downfield a little bit more. Matt Nagy has shown the ability so far to use his tendencies to gain an advantage over his opponents. And Miller is only averaging about six yards of depth per route run. So look for the Bears to exploit that trend by going downfield a little bit more with him. So, you know, even though he's in the slot, we saw a lot of routes from the slot last week against the Buccaneers. Or two weeks ago, I'm sorry, against the Buccaneers that, you know, clearly they're getting the ball downfield from, from all the different positions on the field. So I would expect to see a little bit more of that from, from Miller going forward, and I think that it starts in this game. So this is a kind of an interesting matchup for the Bears, personally. Um, Miami has a good defense statistically, but it might not be what people think. They're fifth overall in DVOA, fifth against the past, and nine against the run. So you would think, by looking at that, that obviously they were better against the pass than they were against the run. But when you dive into those numbers a little bit deeper, it actually looks like they're tougher to run on than pass. There's a lot of folks that that believe that Jordan Howard will get 20 to 25 carries this week, but I just don't see that happening. Miami has a, has a very good run defense, and they've pretty much shut teams down when they've tried to run. And when you look at them versus the average team, they actually are much better than the average team against the run than they are against the pass. So that's where I'm looking into these numbers a little bit deeper and saying, you know, I think they're a little bit skewed uh, in in the favor of the passing defense. And I think that the reason that it's skewed is because they have 10 interceptions, which leads the NFL. But interceptions aren't always what they seem. There were a lot of tip passes and some very, very poorly thrown balls uh, included in that number. So outside of Robert Quinn... The Dolphins, you know, they really don't have a great pass rush either. So, you know, I, I would expect them to blitz heavily, like they did against the Bengals last week. Um, and, and it's going to be up to, to Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky to make them pay for it. So we didn't see a whole lot of blitzes against the Bucks, but we saw them in the first three weeks of the season. And and you know, we're going to have to uh, we going to have to make them pay. So hopefully, the uh, the uh, sleeve, Mitch's sleeve, is is the key. To, to this whole thing. so. But the place where I think that the Bears have the biggest advantage here is on defense. Obviously, that, that doesn't really need to be said. But the Dolphins' offensive line is hurting, undermanned, and frankly, just not very good. Uh, the Bears have, well, the Bears have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and a host of other guys who like to harass quarterbacks. So I, I think this is probably a pad matchup for um that particular particularly porous offensive line that Miami has. And add to that the fact that Ryan Tannehill will throw the ball for grabs if he's pressured. Just go ahead and watch last week's game against the Bengals. Oof not too good. But you know who has a better defensive front than the Bengals do? Yeah, that's right. Ours is. So needless to say, I'm picking the Bears to win this game. It's not going to be a gimme by any means, but I do think that the Bears come out victorious. My official prediction for the game is 27-17, and I'm going to stick to that. I just, this just feels right to me. So, um, I also have a special segment that cross my fingers. Please, 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 Jack. Uh, is going to become a regular part of the show. I was able to spend a few minutes talking about the history of the Bears and Dolphins matchup with WCG's own, the venerable Jack Silverstein. So without further ado, let's hear from Jack. So now it's time to bring in our uh, uh, distinguished WCG writer, Jack Silverstein, Jack does a lot of history stuff for us, so I just kind of wanted to bring him in and talk a little bit about the Bears and Miami Dolphins and the history of the two franchises and the way that they've played and the outcomes over the years. So, Jack, why don't you give us a, a little bit of a uh, history of of this matchup?
1: Yeah, well, this is like this is like the the un under checked untapped rivalry of Bears history this is, we basically like have an existential crisis going on that I don't think we're really confronting in our relationship with the Dolphins we don't really take them seriously as any kind of threat to our uh, kingdom as a you know all-time NFL great franchise but this is where like the long, lifelong history of the Bears obscures the more recent history, and by recent I mean in the Super Bowl era, which obviously is over 50 years long at this point. Um, so the Dolphins entered professional football in 1966 with the AFL, and then they merged, they came over in the merger. And they didn't really do much in um, in the AFL, but as soon as they got to the NFL, they became A powerhouse, and we first played them in 1971. Um, It was a Monday night game. It was a must-win for us at six and four. The Dolphins were the best team in the NFL at eight, one and one. And in the first game that we ever played against the Dolphins, we lost 34 to three. And we proceeded to then lose 46 to 13 in 1975, 31 to 16 in 79. So then we get to 85, where we're unbeaten, 12-0, and we've got the Dolphins, obviously the only team uh, in the Super Bowl era that has run the table as an uh, undefeated squad, and it's like, all right, great, we're going to get our revenge, and everybody knows, obviously, that was our only loss in 85. And it just got me thinking, like, we don't have a signature win against the Dolphins, Um the best we have, I mean like an important one. So like we have first of all, we've only beaten them four times. We're four and eight against the Dolphins. Um, three of those wins came in playoff seasons, so we beat them opening day in 88, um, pretty handily. That's our best win against them, 34 to 7. We had this weird comeback game in 97 when we were 0 and seven. Uh, a night game, and it was a 36-33 Bears win after trailing, gosh, what was it? Let's see, 33-18. I just want to make sure I get that score right. Um, and, But, you know, that was fun. It was weird, and it gave us our first victory of the season, but we didn't do anything in 97, so it's pretty insignificant. Then we had um, – Sorry, we beat them in 94 in a playoff season. We beat them in 2010, but they weren't really, like, sparkling, cracking Ws where, you know, you felt like, okay, th- this win shows what this team is all about, and therefore we're going to the playoffs. We don't really have anything like that. All right, on the flip side, we've got those three terrible losses in the 70s. We've got, obviously the only blemish on the 85 team and the loss that kept us from I mean I I guess you never know but it's the loss that kept us from going undefeated the Dolphins conveniently got upset in the AFC title game by New England so we didn't get a chance to avenge that loss in the Super Bowl so that's a big mystery um then in 2006 we hosted the Dolphins we were seven and oh feeling great and they came in and ran us and just i was at that game everyone was deflated by i don't know end of the first quarter probably and we had the cardinals win a couple weeks prior so there was in the back of everybody's heads like all right you know we'll just come back on them like we did arizona Uh, and in the words of charlie murphy wrong wrong so we dropped that game that's a bad loss again in a Super Bowl season. Then you've got in 2014, um, it wasn't a terrible loss on its own. It was 27, 14, but it was a loss that kind of made everyone super nervous. It was kind of like the Bartman play of bears losses where on the face of it, it's like not that big of a deal, but the way it made everybody feel, made everybody feel it made it feel worse. This is the game where, Brandon Marshall had his post game interview where he kept saying that things were unacceptable, that the team's record was unacceptable, that their performance was unacceptable, that scoring two touchdowns on a team with their offensive weapons was unacceptable. And that was also where he presumably was yelling at Robbie gold in the locker room overheard by reporters. And then the two games after that were the back-to-back 50 poppers that the Pats and the Packers put up on us, and then that was the end of basically everything with Tressman and Emery. So you've got that loss. What I'm saying is, is that we've got some serious, serious damage on our hands here against a team, a football team from Florida, you know, when we're supposed to be Chicago, Midwest, this is what football is all about, and those are just losses on the field. Then you take into account Don Shula passing George Hallis as the winningest coach in NFL history, and the Bears losing a Super Bowl in Miami. This is, you know, the more I was thinking about this, I was going to be writing about something else for tomorrow, but this is absolutely what I'll be writing about for tomorrow, or I guess maybe today, if depending on when you're listening to this. The more I was thinking about it, the more I'm just like, God, we really have to do something about the Dolphins. And that's how I feel in my heart.
0: <laughs> well, that was, uh, that was something, um, I can I can feel the, uh, I can feel the anger and the, and the passion here. So I, I, I appreciate that cause I have plenty of that myself. So, um, and,
1: and, and I'd like to note, well, hold on. I'd like to note that like, okay, the dolphins are the first extended stretch of their history since, uh, 2002, they've only been to the twice. They've only had three 10 win seasons. So you might start to think like, oh, okay. All right. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, for the bears, because obviously we've been a lot better, but we only have three playoffs in that time. We only have four 10 win seasons in that time. Now we have been to a super bowl more recently than Miami. We have won a super bowl more recently than Miami. We have won a super bowl. More recently than Miami has last been in a Super Bowl, so I guess we can take solace in all of that. But the Miami Dolphins, who showed up on the scene in 1966, have more victories than the Bears, two to one.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's not uh, that's not something that you like to hear, um, unfortunately any nuggets and tidbits about the, the, the Dolphins that maybe Bears fans don't know about
1: right now? Yeah. Uh, no, legitimately. Um, obviously it's kind of wild that we are going up against Adam Gase and Dow Loggins, um, our two previous offensive coordinators. wasn't forgetting somebody. And and it's kind of wild to me that Ryan Tannehill has been this team's starting quarterback since 2012. These aren't nuggets, but this is um, just what I was thinking about. And uh, no, I I don't have any particularly illuminating Dolphins nuggets of 2018. (laughs)
0: Well, that is uh, those are interesting. You know observations, though, because those are our last two offensive coordinators, and uh, Dahl Loggins wasn't very good, so um, that bodes well, I think, for for the Bears defense this week.
1: I, I have to think so, and and uh, and I would just like to note, as I did um, with the barber chair net guys, that the Bears are leading the NFL in sacks, and Leonard Floyd so far doesn't have any sacks, so we can just only imagine he's got to get going pretty soon. And then that adds a whole nother element to this thing right here.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It yeah. Does.
1: So that, I mean, I personally am excited about that. Um, get to break out my Robert Zaglinski face gif,
0: uh, <laughs> on official
1: business matters. <laughs> I've only, go. I've only, I brought it out once just forlornly, but hopefully we'll be able to break that bad boy out pretty soon. Like Man. Sunday. Fantastic. I look forward to it.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Jack. Um, and for, for, you know, n- not sure when this is going to drop in comparison to your article, but uh, if if this drops first, then everybody get out there and read that article. It should be a, a good one. Jack's always got, got great content. So we'll let you go and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, Jack.
1: Thanks, buddy. You too. Bear down, my friends.
0: All right. You too.
1: All right. Bye.
0: Later. I just want to thank Jack again for coming on the podcast and for his time. Uh, he's, he's awesome. Um, you know, just anything, anything you ever wanted to know about the history of the bears, he is just, he is on it. And I love every second of it because sometimes we just don't, we don't appreciate the history of our team. And it, it's not just the, the 85 bears. It's not just the forties bears and things like that, but you know, it's, it's the little things, you know, Talking about how the Bears have really never beat Miami when, when it mattered. And um, that's something that, that, that kind of scares you a little bit in this game. So, um, obviously, Jack was a little bit angry after doing his research about the matchup. Uh, in case you missed it, Jack shared all of his fine research on WCG. And it is called, How the Miami Dolphins Became Our Existential Threat. Uh, this is an awesome read. So, definitely suggest that you check it out. Um You know, like I said, Jack is always, always awesome, always great to read. So definitely give him a follow on Twitter at ReadJack. That is R-E-A-D-J-A-C-K. And you can also find his writing uh, at Windy City Gridiron. So that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Bears Link podcast. Make sure that you check out all the latest happenings on Windy City Gridiron. As well as follow me on Twitter at BearsLink82. And by checking out the Bears Link film study on YouTube, which is also posted on Windy City Gridiron when that is released. Uh, there should be another one coming out. Part two on the rookies will be coming out on Saturday at some point. Um if you can Please help support the Bears Link content by visiting my Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Bears Link 82. And always remember, Bear Down.